0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. It is myself and Matt DiStefano breaking down conference championship weekend in the NFL. We go through maybe the best weekend of football ever. That was the divisional round last weekend before jumping into the NFC and AFC championship games. This one was a lot of fun to record. We finish up with a little Baseball Hall of Fame talk, little bonus baseball section for you. Make sure, though, that you subscribe to the podcast or, or the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram is the handle there. But enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think with our picks. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, joining me as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, in the middle of cooking his dinner. So we're getting the full experience of the legend himself. Mr. Maddady, how are you?
1: I don't really cook, by the way. I'm I'm learning, though. I'm an ed- I'm 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 trying to become an educated man. You know, it's very important um, that I learn you know different skills. So um, HelloFresh has become a dear dear friend. Yeah. Um,
0: no free ads. No free ads. Want...
1: One. No, no free ads. Sorry, a, cookie, <laughs> a service that brings me food. Yeah, I use a different a dear dear friend. I know. I got you. And I'm working hard to learn. You know, and not be as illiterate in the kitchen. Hey. Um,
0: if they want to give so, us a sponsorship, that was a good one. That was a good endorsement there.
1: Well, well, look, I will say this, though. It's, uh, you know, I did just put a band-aid on one of my fingers, so if that tells you how it's going, oh, no. you know, that tells you how it's going. Yeah, but, that's not good. Um, no, it's all right, because I'm focused in now. I'm ready to talk a little football. I'm excited to talk football, because the NFL once again reminded us this past weekend why it's king. Oh, yeah. Maybe the greatest weekend of football – I wouldn't say for us personally, it's obviously, you know. Yeah, you know, four years weekend, ago exists. Yeah. But four years ago, right. But that being said, in terms of just incredible football to be able to watch and to have a little skin in the game, I think for a casual NFL fan, wow, what a weekend, right? Oh, um, yeah. Magic. Magical uh, right now.
0: I mean, it was incredible. The first three games, all field goals to walk it off. The first mm-hmm. two, Saturday, just an incredible day. Just great defensive football. You had mentioned it, two defensive coaches coming into both of those games and seeing where where they could go. You know, the Titans, you, you thought if they kept it low that they, they might have an opportunity there. But Brian Tannehill reminded us, you know, that he's Brian Tannehill and he's prone to mistakes. He leads off the game with a pick and ends up being a late pick that cost them and maybe one of the best post-game press conference quotes, probably until the Chiefs-Bills game. Of Joe Burrow talking about McPherson saying, "All right, well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Let's start there, <laughs> and then we'll keep it moving through uh, through the rest of the weekend." But this game, I mentioned it, Tannehill, probably one of the bigger storylines of just having you know a more mistake prone game. Joe Burrow looked pretty good despite not having this high scoring game. We thought that last week that the Bengals they would you know put up a ton of numbers if they made this track meet and if the Titans kept it low scoring that the Titan the ball was in their court and their running game was going up and down the field. It looked great with Derrick Henry coming back with the plate and everything. And with, Yate, um, Foreman. Yate, Yate Foreman, Foreman yep. was really good. He looked yep. really good. And you know, the, the Bengals rose to the occasion. They, they answered the bell there their defense stepped up and, and played really well, Matt. What else did you see out of this game?
1: Well, it took me a while to be right in the Titans. Okay. And I got to give kudos to them. They, they still earned that number one seed. That's still impressive. So I don't want to take too much away. Um, you know, I think a couple things that, that I that I noticed. One, you're right. The Titans were running the ball until inexplicably they got in the red zone and started passing. Um, now, part of it's hard. It's hard not to pass the football when A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are on your team, right? You want to pass the football with those kind of guys mm-hmm. in the roster. <sighs> Boy, yeah, I go back and forth. I, you know, I, I felt like um, Joe Burrow stood in there. It's, it's why he's now in that same conversation. He's got an opportunity to be really in the same conversation with the big guys in the AFC, Allen and Mahomes, obviously Justin Herbert, and a number of other guys, but um, he, he looks the part taking a beating back there.
0: Who's what, um, what
1: nine sacks. I mean, the Tennessee defense showed up. I, I can't dis- I can't say anything different there. They they were pretty good um, on the field. They just uh, again, I, I hate to say it, I want to put all the blame on Tannehill, but honestly, at the end of the day, Tannehill let the team down. Um, if he had not had those two interceptions, they they might win the game. It's a tough way for the number one seed to go out.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah, and I mean, you leave the game off that way. The Bengals you knew were coming out, chomping at the bit, pun fully intended, because they're Tigers, that they really were ready to go. <laughs> there was a ton of Cincinnati people there, people going nuts. Apparently, a ton of people went from that straight to the hockey game. So, like, people are just ready for oh, a God. day. It was a rowdy crowd, all this sort of stuff. And you know, you immediately start that game off with a turnover and then your defense limits them to a field goal. So you're thinking, all right, it's time to write the ship. Right. Derrick Henry, Right, like Derek Henry can get this thing going. As you mentioned If Foreman had an incredible middle hat middle quarters of that game where, you know, Henry, it's at times looks like he was stalling out and then Foreman just comes in. And at times they looked at like the same player, you know, same haircut and everything, just different numbers. You know, one with single digits, one with double digits, <laughs> but the same thing of just two bowling balls, just, barreling through, their defense did everything they could and proved why they were able to get that one seed where the Chiefs had all their problems throughout the season. The, the Bills had their period where they stalled out. You know, they earned it, and they they played consistent football. Their defense did. But I think the, the inconsistencies that we've seen in their offense in the last couple of years, notably two years ago, were kind of a similar thing. Their offense wasn't as good. The receiving core wasn't as good. It was mainly the A.J. Brown show. But they still stalled out, and it it falls on Tannehill, and I I think he's done a lot better coming to the Titans, and you know the whole escaping Adam Gase thing, the thing that everybody thought Sam Darnold was going to do this year in in Carolina. You no, know, he's certainly done that. He there's a reason why that came to be. You know, some sort of like, it's not really a a stereotype because it's just one. It's a terrible small sample size, but still, he's done played better. But there's still a step up they could go. That being said, if you're a Titans fan and you're looking at what they want out of the draft, I wouldn't be saying, like, take A, the quarterback class sucks anyway, but, like, let's trade for whomever, Aaron Rodgers, because of how things ended with the Packers, we'll talk about that soon, or whomever that might be out there, Russell Wilson, whatever, you know, if you can figure that out. Maybe, but I don't know if you need to be able to. You're mortgaging the future to try to go that way. You know, I don't. I think the war of an Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, that tier quarterback versus Tannehill isn't as large as you think it is.
1: No, I think the hard part for them is in the NFC. I think stay the course. Right. The problem in the AFC is I I mentioned some of those names, right? Lamar Jackson. I didn't mention him. Patrick Mahomes, um, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Right. There's a lot of good you know, young, talented quarterbacks that are are potentially some of the great, like immensely talented quarterbacks. And so I think if you're the Titans, okay, can we build them? Can we add more around Tannehill to allow us to win games? Now he needs to play mistake-free football next time the opportunity arrives. They're still in the AFC South, right? The biggest threat being the Colts. The the Texans and Jaguars look no closer to competing. So that's a good thing for them. Um, But I, you know, I do think there's a little bit of concern You know, is Tannehill good enough in the big moment? Um, I don't know. I think the other issue you're going to run into here a little bit is it's not exactly a young team, right? Um, Julio Jones is older. Uh, Taylor Lawan, the left tackle, older. Um, Henry, obviously, now with the injury history. Now, defensively, they're pretty good. They could always add a piece or two there, but Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, there's some good players for them. Um, But still, I think it's – yeah, I, I, you know, I think to your point, I, I think there's a concern. I think draft-wise, you know, Rabel's a great coach, although I think he got out-coached. I think he got out of his own rhythm with those passes that I had mentioned, which I, yeah, think, I think is think a big right. deal. So, um, I guess they, they've got some question marks. and But, again, they're in a good spot because they're in a division that doesn't have one of those elite young quarterbacks, right? If Deshaun Watson even comes back, he might be the only guy. You know, that's going to give them a huge threat unless Carson remembers how to play football like he used to, yeah. um, which would suck for us. But it's have the first time I think of it. Anyway, I digress there for a moment. Um, I still think they need a quarterback. I just – I don't know if – to your point. I, yeah, I don't know if they're going to want to mortgage the future for one. It's going to be a lot to do. But if, if they think that's the only missing piece, maybe? I don't know. What do you – I mean – Yeah. I think Who makes you, made the, sense. you made
0: the really good point that they're older, right? So they need to figure out something of like we can't mortgage the future because then we could really put ourselves flat on our backs if we if this doesn't work, where we need to like reload the line or we need to get a receiver, we need to do what you know. Where you pull the Rams and you've traded away virtually right every first round pick, but the, I don't think old, I don't think there is the old Isaiah see, Thomas New York Knicks the Rams, strategy. Though. They'd be more like the Knicks I don't think than the, current as close Rams. the Rams.
1: They're, I don't think they're as close as the Rams, exactly. but again, they're yeah. in the right division to be as close as the Rams. So, so that part's kind of tough, you know. Um, no, totally. Yeah, it's a tough loss for them, and I think uh, you know we didn't. I mean, we touched on the Bengals a little bit. It's, it's a huge win for the Bengals to say, "Hey, we're we're here to stay." And now the rest of that division is put on notice, right? Because as good as Lamar Jackson is, Joe Burrow might be better, <laughs> you know. And they're young; their core is young. They've got some people pieces to to figure out but they've got the quarterback which is such a huge deal um dang dang it's impressive to watch him yeah it's pretty incredible and
0: the fact that we just pumped up that titans defense he still threw for almost 350 yards he just didn't have a touchdown oh my god he had a right
1: yeah he had a great he stood in there and took the beating he took the beating
0: (laughs) and he still like he threw it 37 times he got hit nine times you know like he played a really great game, and Jamar Chase still had over 100 yards. T. Higgins was right there. There's no touchdowns through the air, but you had Joe Mixon to be that safety valve like they wanted to use from Foreman, from Henry on the Titan side of things. So they're built really well right now. They're really young offensively, and we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves talking about them playing the Chiefs. But you know, seeing what their defense can potentially do is going to be a really interesting showdown to see what they can possibly try to slow down. Eli Apple played a really good game for him for the Bengals on Sunday or Saturday. And that's going to be really interesting to see him line up against whichever receiver they throw him on. You know, we saw what the bills were doing where they were switching corners on who was taking Hill, who was taking, you know, different players. We saw the, the Rams do the same thing, certainly with Jalen Ramsey. So watching how this team comes in to Sunday, this defense, the offense, I feel like is going to be ready to go. And that's going to be really exciting to see the Chiefs defense. It's played pretty well, all that stuff. But seeing the the Bengals defense, we'll jump into it more when we actually jump into the game. They played really well. And and you can say, well, it was Tannehill and Tannehill screwed up twice, but they still stepped up and they answered the bell when they had to, where their offense was stalling out at times and not scoring or settling for field goals, where McPherson's nailing kicks from places that I feel like a lot of kickers may not, or especially in that type of situation for, that tight you know for the guy that doesn't have that experience it's just incredible
1: to see yeah he, he he's he's a heck of a kicker i mean they, they got it they got a live one there that's which is great All to see all-time Q4. freezing cold takes um, where they
0: were blowing up about the draft pick
1: well and not only that you think about that you think about how important special teams is right yep. right across the you know, up north We're going north talk, we'll talk about the next game we'll let that go okay go ahead go ahead but again i want to be clear i was right about the titans they were frauds yep. okay cool good talk
0: <laughs> oh no! I was gonna say we we're gonna talk about the special teams when we get to the next game. By all means, oh, finish it. Yeah, no,
1: I'm saying it. No, no, no. If we want to know, I'm saying if you want to move to the next game, let's let's move to the next game.
0: Oh, I was gonna say we're gonna talk about it in a second, but yeah, let's just keep it moving then because now we're just going back and forth. Um, unless you have a final thought on this one.
1: No, no, no. I'm, I'm okay. saying the Titans are who I thought they were, and the Bengals look like a team a, a team that's going to be around for a long time. Yeah as a, as a competitor. Oh, I love it.
0: Awesome. All right, so the, the Packers. I really, like, I had Aaron Rodgers in fantasy, I had Aaron Jones in fantasy. I've never really, despite my mom's side of the family all being massive Chicago's Bear fans, I've never really despised Aaron Rodgers. But there was something hysterical by the fact that this team fell flat on its face. Aaron Rodgers started to, like, force the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, there's the Allen Lazards open at the end. Then there was the whole, like people that hated him for the immunization shit that blew up there. But that's not why I was like happy to see him lose, but it was just crazy right. to see this guy who had an MVP caliber season fall mm-hmm. flat on his face in this game of San Francisco knew how to come in and shut down this team. And even where AJ Dillon was doing the AJ Dillon bowling ball that we saw him do in the second half of the season, he scored that first touchdown it's only 7-0 at halftime. You're thinking, all right, well, Aaron Rodgers is going to explode and blow this the top off of this game in the second half. They're really not getting a ton done here. They limit Debo Samuel to 13 touches, 10 rushes, 3 catches, and then he's banged up towards the end of the game. Like You're waiting for Aaron Rodgers to blow this up, and there's something about that, of that Aaron Rodgers just didn't end up getting it done. That's kind of nuts, and it ends up being Devontae Adams has 9 catches, Aaron Jones has nine catches and that was it. There was two other completions. One to Alan Lazard, one to Mercedes Lewis. He tried to use Randall Cobb a couple times. No one, no one else really jumped into the game. And you might be able to say like Mercedes Lewis was there. He had a catch. And if Robert Tunyon was healthy, maybe he ends up getting added into the mix there. But the fact that you still only end up having 20 rushes and 29 attempts, a, it was great ball control from San Francisco They, they had Mm -hmm. a game plan. They were ready to go. Kyle Shanahan had this team gassed up and prepared for it. And you got to give all, it was a great team win from the 49ers and you have to give them all credit. And it is, they are for one, they're two and oh against the Rams, which I know it's hard to beat a team three times in any sport, especially in the NFL, but you know that they're going to have the same thing and just stay on this game. We'll start with the Packers. Actually, no, let's start with the winning team first. We started with the losing team last time, the one seed. But the 49ers, Jimmy G, limited what he needed to do. The guy only threw it 19 times. He did throw a pick. But they still, they were methodical with the ball and knew just how to keep knocking on the door. Another game where it ends up being, you know, the only touchdown for the 49ers was the block kick. Special teams, like we were just talking about, coming up huge here, and they have the block kick at the end of the first half. I, I forgot to mention that, of... The score was the same as this at halftime after the AJ Dillon touchdown because of a blocked kick and special teams ends up making the difference here of they limit Aaron Rodgers, who has the ball with four and a half minutes left to seal the deal. And they weren't able to do it. And all credit to the 49ers there. They had a game plan and they
1: executed. Well, you're totally right. And I, um, I think it was great to see a team win, and not a quarterback. Now you, I mentioned how much I love a lot of the quarterbacks we were watching. So I'm yep. not, you know, dissing, dissing quarter. I mean, it's nice to see a team that doesn't have an elite quarterback win a game. It was great team effort. 49 have so much talent on both sides of the ball, right? Fred Warner, mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, Arik Armstead on the defensive side. Plus, you know, they've got uh, Jimmy Ward. They've got a number of players on the defensive side, a great scheme. Um, and then offensively, right? Trent Williams looks like the best tackler in football, right? And he's amazing. You already talked about Debo Samuel, but you look like a Kittle who's actually kind of had a quiet postseason in my mind he's still fantastic though. And um, Elijah Mitchell coming through when they needed it most. They've got some other decent guards out, decent offensive linemen. And uh, Brendan Ayuk looking okay after a horrible start to the season. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great to see, to be honest with you, um, a team win a game. I also think, look, don't take too much away from the fact that they didn't score a lot of points because the Packers have a great defense, yeah, right? And they got help. They got guys back. So you know, yes, you'd like to see any team in the playoffs score more than one special teams touchdown, but it was a great Packers defense versus a great great 49ers defense. And it just turned out that the third phase of the game mattered most special teams. Yeah.
0: And it's why the NFL is so great, right? Is that these things truly matter where you can't get masked on having those different problems. Like obviously the thing that really blew up after the game was Robbie Gold's kick there was only ten backers out there, and it shows. Like, oh, this is why they had all the problems and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, you're right. It's three phases of the game. You hear every coach say that in every interview, and it just sounds like typical cliche football guy type of quotes. But it really does matter, and it's the NFL where guys literally they're they're making their life's work or they're they're making their life's bread, whatever the fucking phrase is. I'm not that you know I'm terrible at this listeners you know that too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know what you're talking about. They're professional
0: like we say that about like when the Texans are 18 point dogs to the fucking to the to the Titans. Oh it's professional football players. They're playing for their lives. There we go. And special teams players are th- the are are that at its epitome of guys that are like third or fourth string secondary guys or wide receivers that are just trying to show how much they're busting their ass. And yeah, a lot of it has changed for safety purposes, but in the, in the point of punts and field goals, where that's really your best opportunity to show that you can explode off the ball. If you're not getting in every play, you know, they did it there and they were able to, to really, you know, take, take advantage of the game. And it made a humongous difference. Obviously it's the reason why the 49ers even, we're in the position to tie the football game, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but I agree. No, with I, I think a team win in, and we'll talk about the first Sunday game in a few minutes here, but you know, seeing a team where their offense was getting limited at times. Cause we talked about it a week ago where the fort the 49ers answered the bell against the Cowboys, the Cowboys offense that albeit banged up, still put up some yard yardage and Dak and the, weird game he had and all that but in this game where they had to go against a good defense and still despite the limitations there nope still answered that bell and Aaron Rodgers just didn't take advantage of the moment of a a team yeah really good defense but really good quarterbacks take care of really good defenses and turn those games into out of control ton of points like (sighs) Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen did on Sunday night
1: yeah, and I think the one thing to, to remember here too is he's got a losing record in the playoffs now. When that Blake Bortles so has more playoff ago. wins than him in the
0: last five years.
1: Um, the guy who I, they cut from being his backup. Right. So so there's some tough stats on Rogers' side. You know, and, and by the way, yes, he could use a couple more weapons, but he does have the best arguably the best receiver in football. Yes. Um, he has a top ten at worst, maybe top five running back. Correct. So boy, you look at some of these and, and you're just like, well, hang on. Is he, you know, don't claim he doesn't have anybody. He's got yeah. guys, you know, it's just uh, uh man. And they've got a problem. They're like, what, 40 million over the cap right now. Something like um, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've got, you know, for a, t- and a very talented team, by the way. but Okay. They've got some, they've got some issues and concerns. They're going to have to work out. Um, I'm not well, surprised if he walks away. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I was going to say tires. one being really Aaron Rodgers, anything, by the way. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah he's a huge deal. No, correct. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> and it's just not. We're gonna to see, about. man. That's
1: um, yeah. It really is. It really is. So, yeah. um, we'll see how that goes for them. Oh my god, they've got some big question marks. And by the way, Devante Adams is a free agent. I mean, a lot of guys that they would want back. So we'll uh, we'll have to see. We shall see, as they say. Let's
0: move to Sunday, mm-hmm. though.
1: But yes.
0: Where somehow the
1: games got better on Sunday.
0: They did somehow get better, and I did say, <laughs> right? on Saturday night, out with we went out to watch the first game. Which, first of all, we went to a bar. We were way too old to be like it was like six thirty. Oh, no. We were way too old. We picked the wrong <laughs> bar. It was awful. But then we went we went back to my buddy's place at halftime, watched the second half there. It was great. Um, but but we we were saying that the first two games did been awesome. One game on Sunday was going to suck. And we were thinking it was going to be the Sunday night game. Thankfully, that didn't happen. But I got worried because at first, okay. this game, the Rams and the Bucks, was boring. That first half, it like I watched the Rams the whole were thing. dominant. The Rams were dominating, and it wasn't until the first Cam Akers fumble at the end of the first half where you're thinking, like, they're up big, and, like, yeah, and obviously, like, the, the memes were starting to come of, like, oh, 28 to 3, it could be there, and they were saying it. Chris Collinsworth and, and Al Michaels kept fucking saying it on the – which I thought was still f- so funny. It was a 3 o'clock game, so, like, technically late afternoon, especially in January, mm-hmm. but they kept saying, like, tonight and stuff like that, like, acting like it was the Sunday night game, and they obviously right. – For Emmy purposes, they still use the Sunday night football, like, imagery and all that shit, but um, I just thought that was funny as an aside. But then, this this fucking fumble ends up mattering more because the Bucks did come back, and Brady, of course, does it. And Cam Akers had another fumble, and it was. I thought the most surprising thing, though, was that it, if you were thinking that if you told me they blew this lead because of turnovers, I would have guessed ten times out of ten that Matt Stafford threw like four threw picks on four straight throws, and it wasn't him. Yep. Which we'll okay. get to the NFC Championship game, but that's like. That is shocking. That's probably like the odds of that would have been so long that there was zero interceptions, but I know think all credit to obviously their defense took its foot off the gas pedal. So does offense of the Rams of just trying to, I don't know. They, they tried to keep going what was hot or with what was hot, but like they were, they were knocking on the door, obviously turned it over with the, the cam Akers play and, I don't know, it's really mostly credit to Brady and to his guys for coming out and you know, taking advantage of the opportunities they had. And, and you really can't fault them for the loss because obviously Matt Stafford stepped up big time. Cooper Cup had an incredible game. We talked about that last week. That statistically two weeks ago. It was a still a good game, but not a Cooper Cup game. And this was a Cooper Cup game. So I think it's... Yeah, and he you know, came through in the
1: biggest moment too, by the exactly. way.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah. He had the, He's the right. reason why they were there to get the field goal. And... um. Yeah, but credit to Brady of just sticking in there. It's why he's one of the best. Playoff Lenny, coming back from injury, getting two TDs,
1: really good offensive and the performance. Pass, by the way, let's be real. The Brady pass to Mike Evans was an all-time pass for oh, yeah. Brady, One of the yeah. best passes you'll ever see. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but it was a good game. And then it, the way it ended, it, you know, it's tough. Um, obviously, the, the fumble you mentioned, it mattered. But but the Patriots do what they did. They capitalized. when You did it again. You, know, you did um, it again. did it again. You called him the it Patriots. I, I think – I got to tell you something. I think it's a hard way for Brady to go. Now, he has made comments, and I appreciated it, by the way, family and, and that kind of stuff. So we will see kind of what the decision is um, for him. It's a tough way to go out, though. Gras comes out and says, you know what, even if Tom retires, I might still have an interest in playing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do there. You know, overall I think it's gonna be a fascinating offseason for the Buccaneers. You know, they've got Godwin they're gonna to wanna to bring back, they've got a couple defensive players, doubtful they're gonna bring all their starters back like they did this year. That's something that doesn't happen very often. I like think it's yeah. the second time it's happened ever, I believe, yeah. which is wild. Um, they've got some big decisions, but it all hinges on Brady, right? Because if it's not Brady, then who is it? And if, if if it's not Brady, it's probably not a contender. Um, they're probably not a contender, whoever they can bring in. And I doubt you're gonna get I doubt you're gonna get a Rodgers or a a Watton or a, a Wilson to go there. Right. So their future and I, look, I appreciate what's his name. I appreciate uh, Arians sticking up for his guys, but Blaine Gabbard is not the guy. No. Okay. Blaine Gabbard is no. a fine backup. He's not a starter or a, yeah. And honestly, I think if Brady goes, I think, I think you'd see, um, um what's his name? I think you'd see Arians probably retire. There's a chance Godwin wouldn't come back. So it, it all hinges, as as it should. It all hinges on their their superstar, all time great greatest quarterback of all time. Whatever his decision is, is going to make a lot more decisions for this team as well. By the way, Fournette's a free agent. They've got free agents everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so we'll I see mean, what happens there. It's going to be Fournette, very interesting, though. In, I and mean, what a
0: two years of reviving his career. Oh my and, God! Right? You yeah. know, he left Jacksonville after being what the what was he the sixth pick, and you know had that run. They had that run where they go and lose to Brady with the Jaguars five years ago or, mm-hmm. yeah, four, or four years ago. It was the same year as the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, they had the big lead at halftime and he has a great year. Then he just kept getting hurt and now comes back and shows even when he is hurt, obviously, had the injury problems this year, he comes back, scores two touchdowns, has a great game, has over 100 all-purpose yards, really just showing his versatility is still there. And you got to mm-hmm. be, you know, if you're him, no matter where he ends up going, whether it's staying in Tampa or if he goes somewhere, that's you know, a contender or you know, anywhere else that wants to pay him, he's going to get a nice payday and, and be a, an impact player there. Or even maybe he pulls what some of the guys that came to the, to the bucks this year did and just be, you know, vet minimum type of dude. He, he probably deserves more, I would think, but you'll know, be a part of a team like that. Like, you know, Le'Veon Bell has done with a number of different teams, including the bucks they did with the chiefs and all the, and all this different stuff. So that you know, there's opportunities there. For a lot of these different players to figure out where they want to go, whether that's join a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen led team, we I mean, could you imagine Leonard Fournette solving the the rushing problems that the Bills have had? And we'll talk about that game in a second. Keep saying that about every game, but we will uh, <laughs> that their their rush attack was better going in that in this AFC playoffs the Bills. But could you imagine Fournette instead of Devin Singletary? What that offense looks like?
1: I mean, that would be a great option if he's willing to get cold. He has spent his first two years in Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah um, in
0: Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, and he went to LSU, yeah. Right.
1: So, um, we'll see. I think that's a great, a great, a great, um, great thought process, though, yeah. um, for, you know, for him uh, to maybe find a spot like that. And I think it's a tough, part for, it's a tough thing for Tampa Bay's future. They're going to have to make a huge decision. You know, from a legacy standpoint, it's still an all-time Brady game. Got to oh, be yeah. honest there, right? I mean, um, he comes up short, which other than playing NFC teams, he normally doesn't really do. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a tough thing for him to swallow. I, My heart says he's back for at least one more year. Yeah, he does what he can to I bring a lot so. of the gang back together. Maybe he brings a piece or two to him. Maybe he goes and recruits a wide receiver that maybe, you know, we're not thinking of. Somebody comes down to play in the slot. He gets Godwin back, and they bring somebody else back. You know, after the Browns, Brandon debacle? Cooks' contract um, look like with the Texans. So I think he finds a way. He come back to play with Brady. You
0: think they liked each other? I think he's a free agent. Yeah, you that think they liked would each be.
1: Other? Well, the only problem with Cooks is he's not a tr- well. The thing Brady missed when he lost AB because now AB, by the way, is more than this, right? Oh yeah, AB all was time like all time all time like fuck you.
0: Oh, could you imagine that you got fired? Well, like you had like an all time quit moment because he didn't get fired. I guess technically got released. But, they, like, oh, the tweet, the tweet, the fucking tweet.
1: <laughs> if you, if well, you somehow it's missed this, to do that, but...
0: it was funny. Right. Antonio Brown, if you if you somehow missed this, tweeted out a picture of him coming off the field, shirtless and all that, but where his arms are both up, and now has a sign in between it that says "Bucks lose," and it, he he captioned it "I can't," which tells me someone else made it and sent it to him, and he was just like retweeting it.
1: He just like reposted it, yeah. right?
0: Right. Which I kind of was hoping um, he was a little I... more creative. but That's okay.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, look, I think Brady, if Brady's coming back, obviously he's going to want Gronk back. I think Brock back, Gronk is back, no problem. Godwin's a little tougher because it's going to be a little bit of a contract and he's coming off the injury, but I still think he finds a way to get to get Godwin back. You no, know, I think he wants to find a security blanket receiver. I don't think Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Rashard Perryman are, are that for him. Yeah. Um, so he's got some decisions to make there. I love he, the fact that also still have end. both Cameron Brate and OJ Howard.
0: Cameron Brate, who oh, almost right, had—I right. mean, Cameron almost had like the catch of the game. Brady overthrew him a little bit right. when he was coming over the middle on one of those fourth mm-hmm. downs. But
1: yeah, he—if he, if he makes that about, catch, yep. this is
0: a completely different game we're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. So, they, but they got a lot of question marks. But if that, I mean, he could still come back. I wouldn't be surprised. I think he will. Like if, like, like gun to my head, I'd say he's coming back. Yeah. So, for so the Rams, too. this is exactly what they wanted. Yep. Right. They wanted this is a Super Bowl or bust year. They now theoretically could have two home games in a row to be wild. Um, you know, we know they're a great team. Stafford showed up, finally had the opportunity in a big game. We talked about for years, stuck with the Lions, simply just hadn't had the chances due to their poor roster management. He wasn't perfect, but due to their poor roster management, I am um, I'm excited for them. I really am. I, I think he's uh, such a fantastic talent. The offense is so talented with Cup. Cooper Cup, nice to see him play well because obviously and Odell Beckham, rightfully so, had been getting a lot of praise. And he deserved it, by the way. But it was good to see Cup kind of bounce back. Um, and, you know, Cam Akers, Akers has got to stop the fumbling problem. But outside of that, he's a fantastic running back, which is super explosive. And that defense is so good. You know, now we can bleed this in a little bit into the conversation of what's next for them. They're going to go and play, you know, the 49ers. Devo's health is going to matter. But they've got Jalen Ramsey who can shut that down. Yep. Um, Aaron Donald is, is not necessarily going to be blocked by Fred Williams, so he can blow up that middle of the field and try to take away what the 49ers do from a running perspective. You know, I think the 49ers' biggest weakness is their cornerbacks, and Cup and Odell Beckham are going to be able to exploit that. So I think it's a really tough game. I think your point matters, though. Hard to beat a team twice, let alone three times. Um, and now the Rams are starting to get that Team of Destiny feel a little bit, right? The great comeback. They beat the, the greatest ever do it. You know, all of a sudden, and it's funny because last year, Tampa Bay was a home, home Super Bowl team. First time it's ever happened. Um, but yeah, right. because of COVID, it just didn't feel like that. And even though the Rams play in L.A., which is not the same as like the home field advantage of Green Bay say. or yeah. Philadelphia, right? But it's a bit, the Buffalo. You know, it'd still be really cool for them. Now I think if you're game. in the league office right now – right. But if you're in the league office right now, you're thinking, okay, I can't go wrong with the, with the Rams. and can't go wrong with the, the Chiefs. The Bengals would be fine because Joe Burrow is such a big star. I think their preference, though, would be a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl. The star power would be immense. You know, the the pageantry, the quarterbacks. I mean, the coaches, it would be a really yeah. cool Super Bowl – For them, I don't think there's a horrible matchup because the 49ers have so many players that would be great interviews. But from a rating standpoint, to have the high power Rams face off against the high power Chiefs, I think is exactly what the NFL would want. But again, I don't think they hate a Joe Burrow Super Bowl either.
0: Well, I'd only argue ratings wise, I'd say football wise, Rams or Rams Chiefs is the best. But ratings wise, the 49ers are super popular. Not that people aren't watching the Super Bowl. That's a good point. So it's not like the World Series where it's like the years like the Phillies and the Dodgers and the Yankees and the and the Angels and they wanted in L.A. versus East Coast and ends up being the Phillies Yankees. Like it's not like that where they're afraid people aren't going to watch. Where like the Yankees bring in more people like but the 49ers, having said that, Your point are still a very popular team nationwide. So like people will still watch and like yeah. have a rooting interest because the 49ers are a popular team. So you might have like more Super Bowl merch sold if we want to put it just in pure sales and, and consumer type things. But having said that, that's still a good football team because you're right – or a good football game because you're right that there's a lot of a lot of personalities in the 49ers. They have a really good defense. And it's Jimmy G. Jimmy G, who who you can play up the redemption angle of – and Kyle Shanahan, the redemption angle of really re- Kyle Shanahan, 28-3. to 3. And then the Chiefs won a couple years ago where they played – and they had that lead and Patrick Mahomes did some Patrick Mahomes stuff. It's a rematch from two years ago, you know, and maybe they try to play okay. like, oh, remember before COVID, this, this Super Bowl that was so great. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is first, yeah. but still, I think you're right. Any of the, the combinations that you could do of these four teams would be awesome. Cause you're right. The Bengals would be pretty cool because Joe Burrow, obviously all the LSU connections, so you can get a little bit of the South in there. And the story of that, of this team that nobody believed in, that was, you know, a lot of major pundits had going, like, 4-13. Fourth in their division. Right. Fourth in the AFC North. Like, they had zero shot because of this, that, and the other thing. I think a lot of it was people saw their record and that Joe Burrow was – and forgot Joe Burrow was hurt and was like, oh, we're going to have in year
1: two. But let's continue talking about well, that. But even but – even, but hang on. But even healthy Joe Burrow. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's go AFC Championship game first, right? Healthy Joe Burrow obviously makes them a great team. Yeah. At the same time, they draft Jamar Chase instead of, like, say, a Penny, Sewell, or Rashawn Slater. They have a yeah, very weak too. offensive That's line, a very good point. Which we saw. Which we saw. They have a defense that they essentially have somewhat scotch-taped scotch together. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of the guys you're watching on this defense are going to be there in the next three, two to three years. They don't sure. have a lot of young, elite talent defensively. So, you know, it, A, it shows you the value of a great quarterback, right? Joe Burrow being there is why this team is where they are, right? Um, that's why people picked them to not have a great year, not a lead up front in the trenches, a defense that had a, a lot of question marks, and an offense that was basically going to be good luck at times. Joe Burrow, put your chin strap on. Obviously, he's, it's, he's strapped in. But, you know, these are things that, that can cause concern. So I get why they were picked where they would pick. Um, and, you know, how does Joe Burrow respond to the, to the ACL injury? Obviously, well. <laughs> um, but this is a different ball game, right? So they played the, the Raiders who were spunky but, you know, under, under-talented. They played a well-coached conservative Titans team, a good team. But now they're going up against the AFC juggernaut. And um, the made, Chiefs. Arguably – a guy who a, a coach who has an opportunity to begin to edge out Bill Belichick is maybe the best coach of all time uh, maybe the most talented quarterback take. of all time right so we I, didn't I, talk about, about, the, the about the bills
0: chiefs game mm-hmm. let's quickly oh, cover oh, that my god yeah we oh skipped god. over it we, we skipped why, over the best you know football why game we skipped
1: ever it? cuz it's but it's because it's all we've been talking
0: about. I know <laughs> for good yeah. reason, right? You, you at home, the listener, you all right. heard all, you probably all the off. takes lead on us this. Off. But I, I will say this: I am gutted for the Bills. I obviously was polling for them. I wasn't sure, sure. if it was going to get done. I thought it might. At one point, I thought the Chiefs might blow them out. Like coming into the game, thinking like mm-hmm. the weekend's been so good, and like this, this would just be the ultimate letdown spot. And it didn't fail. And Josh Allen, really, like that fourth and thirteen play where Tony Romo. I, I'm going to put a pin in Tony Romo for a minute. Cause I think we have, we have to have a discussion about Tony Romo and his color commentary, okay. but the, the fourth or 13 play that opens this up where the over doesn't look like it's going to hit. There's, you know, wh- it's what three and a half minutes left or two and a half minutes left. It's before the two minute warning. And uh, they complete yeah, it. wasn't that much. They complete the, this fourth and three, they take the lead and you're like, Oh, it's too much time for Mahomes, And then it goes back and forth and we know what happens. It ends up going to, to OT where the, the Bill's defense really just, I don't know if they're playing too much prevent defense. Let's let's talk it there of not on the Tyree kill touchdown. Cause that's just Tyree kill doing Tyree kill things. But with the 13 seconds <laughs> left of, uh, they talked about the squib kick, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I just don't know if they just gave him too much padding to like, let him take the 10 yards, but it's chiefs super skilled cheat code level receivers that can, you add that extra five yards. If you're going to give them 10, they're going to take 20 kind of thing. It's the NFL. That's what the NFL players do. And the chiefs offense is that good. Right. So I don't know. Like, I just, I'm trying to put my mind into, this is another one of the defensive minded coaches you talked about in McDermott and what he's telling his guys of how to slow them down. And where they've done a decent job throughout the game, obviously Tyree Hill did Tyree Hill things, but that, that's just really like, and I'm sure any Buffalo fans that are listening to this are thinking probably the same thing of, you know, and obviously the whole right. change the playoff rules, which have been talked about at nauseum. So I don't know. I don't know if we want to open up that can of worms. But that last 13 seconds, like I just there's something defensively that broke down that
1: I wish well, I could first, figure out. The first out play better. was the first. The first play call was a great play call, right? It's a screen yep. to Hill. Yep. Um, and. and and allows big guys to get out front and then he'll just goes hyperspeed right and they tackle it but the timeout situation was obviously in the Chiefs advantage they called a quick timeout and they gained them a good amount of yards the second play is why having an elite quarterback like Mahomes Mm -hmm. and a a great connection with him and Travis Kelsey because Kelsey says to him I'm not gonna if if x happens I'm not gonna run the route like it's drawn up they're giving me the middle of the field I'm gonna take it so like like, like it's it's almost playground football. It's mm-hmm. like drawing it up on your chest. Kelsey says, "Hey Pat, it's look the for another play now, the that problem, has like five branches." Is, right, and the positive is Mahomes. First of all, let's talk about Kelsey ran a fantastic route for the mm-hmm. situation to get in between the two defenders, which makes sense. Mahomes' football was perfect. He didn't have an option. If it's if it's behind him, he gets tackled way before that because he loses his momentum. And obviously, if it's too out in front, it's either an incomplete or maybe an interception in that part of the field. Mahomes' pass is perfect, but because he has the arm strength, he gets it there fast. This is why arm strength matters and velocity of your football matters because Mahomes makes the perfect throw to get Kelsey where he needs to be. Um, Maybe they played a little too soft, right? You could say that. The problem with Mahomes is he can fit a ball anywhere. So if you're going to play man-to-man, you can't blitz him. I'm sorry. Most quarterbacks blitz him but Mahomes Mahomes is like Brady and Manning right and, and same with um and same with uh, Josh Allen you just you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes it's not going to work he's going to get out of the pocket and cause a problem so you know i understand the calls for both teams getting the ball and i'm back and forth on this i will say this the bills have the number one ranked defense in the game the number one ranked pass defense specifically they they blew it i mean that's that's the best they way I can they let march it. Out is the their field. defense Right, and I know it's Patrick Mahomes, and I get that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know it was a great quarterback duel. Mahomes got it done with the better throws, uh, the best throws ever. Not that Allen didn't make great throws, right? Um, but boy, it was it was a hell of a game. It sets up, you know, seeing Allen carve up this defense sets up, and especially if Honey Badger is out. That was a big loss. By that the way, that was a you you're not you're talking right enough yep. about. That was a big deal, and not having not having Tyra Matthew back there, especially from a getting everyone organized spot, because Gabriel Davis went off. Um, yeah, I think I think if you're the Bills, you know, look, we got we got a great quarterback. They've got a great quarterback. That's where we stand, right? This, we're not we're going to see this again, and hopefully, we come out on the right side of things. I do think they need to think about something on the running side of the ball. To your point, you know, can they find? a better running game. I'm not saying single single Terry is a, a good piece there, but they've got to be able to run the ball more consistently and, and try to work away to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. The chiefs are trying to do that too, by the way, that's why they drafted a running back in the first round. Um, you know, their defense will have Tredavious white back. That was a big loss, right? He can't all of a sudden he can't blanket Tyreek Hill and make his life more difficult. So we'll see what happens there, but they're still in my mind, the second best team in the AFC behind the chiefs. And, and they'll be back next year at, at, you know, right away. It, it's going to be, they look a, a lot like the Colts Patriots did for the past decade.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was tweeted out a ton. Uh, before we jump into the AFC championship game though, I, I put a pin on talking about Tony Romo. Did we get too much Romo in this game? Like him going, like he was going nuts and everything. And we all were going nuts. Like he was, I felt like he was a little over the top at times.
1: Yeah. I thought he was a lot. I mean, I, again, yeah. I, I enjoy him quite a bit.
0: Yeah. He, he was um, very good analysis and he made a really good point. What you were just saying about not blitzing Mahomes, he's like they should just be only sending three. Have that fourth guy be a nickelback, a dime back, whatever. But like the the
1: extra shit, it's just too extra. Yeah, I agree. I think it's look. He's a, remember he's a he's a young announcer who is on a big sure. stage all of a sudden. And, sure. and I think what I mean by that is like give him give him time to learn the moment. But again, we love a Gus Johnson for that same kind of attitude, right? So, yeah, I think he was a little much. But again, I still think he's. He's their star and it's why, you know, Aikman's not getting the big games, right? If you will, I'm joking. The comment he made, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, I, I he was a little much, but again, I enjoy the, I enjoy the breakdown of some of the plays. So I, I, I really appreciated that to understand what's going on out there, but yeah, he, he could, he could tone it down a second. That would probably be fine. Yeah. All right. So
0: let's jump into the AFC championship game. You mentioned it, the chiefs hosting Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You mentioned a lot about the Bengals' defense of where they're at, how they've been band-aided together. I think that's a really well way to put it. Um,
1: hell of and, a band-aid, by the way. Be hell clear, of a I'm band-aid. Not to disrespect that defense. And it's,
0: really, I, it's really going to come down to them and how they try to contain a Kansas City offense that w- is all the way back. And I think the other part that we, you know, obviously, Tyreek Hill. Gets everything that he deserves in terms of praise and analysis. There, you mentioned their running back play, which has been spotty at times. But the guys behind mm-hmm. them, we talk about it every week guys like a McCole Hardman, a Byron Pringle, those guys that are just available to go exactly that are just available to go over the top or go and not be guarded as much because you're going to double cover Kelsey, you're going to double cover Hill or whomever. Daryl Williams, if he's coming into the into the flat, you're going to have some linebackers hanging on to him. Just having that opportunity of those different players and seeing what the Bengals can do to slow that down is going to be incredibly intriguing to watch. Watching the Bengals' offense go against this Chiefs' defense is going to be really fun because it could just be a cut and paste of last week of what Josh Allen was able to do if Joe Burrow answers the bell. All signs point to that he can do that. But the Patrick Mahomes right. versus this... Band-Aid defense is the entire is every storyline that should be prioritized to the top. Comes down to that.
1: No, it does. And I mean at the, end of the day, it's another, it's another it's another quarterback duel, right? Mm-hmm. This this game is going to be decided. I guess you could argue that last game really wasn't decided by a quarterback duel, mostly because I thought both quarterbacks played almost perfect football at times. Um, but it's gonna come down to a couple plays late in my mind, even though the Chiefs are great. I still think the Bengals have enough firepower if They can't get conservative in this game. It's got to be, it's got to be balls to the walls going forward on fourth, letting, letting Burrow do his thing. This is not the same pass rush that the Titans have. Chris Jones is good. Frank Clark is good, but this is not, this is not the same level of pass rush. Um, And so you're going to probably see him have a lot of success. And that's, that's going to be important in my mind.
0: Yeah, no, totally. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just what everything comes down to now. On that Bengals offense side of the ball, I think seeing what a super young offense like this—what T. Higgins, Jamar Chase—what they bring to the table is going to be really fun. You mentioned Honey Badger not playing; he's definitely out, right?
1: No, I don't know yet. No, okay, no, we're not no sure yet. No
0: yet. Um, regardless, I think that that makes it even better. He to needs play. to play.
1: Like for them to for the Chiefs to really feel confident in this game, they're going to they're going to need him.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Time. I I don't know. Looking just at. at straight up picks. I mean, Mahomes is better than Burrow, but Burrow's got those fucking guts, man. I'm going to, I mean, I want to root for yeah, the man. Bengals cause I have a lot of friends in Cincinnati up and some of the families there too, but it's, it's hard to go against this team that it's just to call Patrick Mahomes a generational quarterback almost feels like an insult to him. He's <laughs>
1: good point. A yeah.
0: Multi-generational quarterback. He's that good. And he'll be that good when all said and done. The only thing that goes against him, honestly, man, is his brother and his wife. His brother's oh, a big douchebag. Well, I don't. And his don't wife spraying champagne on all the stuff. fans. Yeah. Did you imagine if they win the Super well, Bowl this year? We get that shit. Remember, everybody gave Giselle shit about the whole he can't throw and catch the ball.
1: Talking about Tom Brady. At least that was about. At least that was about football. Exactly. Uh, all things. And by the way, by the way, I didn't like the comment at the time, Mm-mm. but she wasn't necessarily wrong. No. Like Wes Welker, one of the best slot receivers ever dropped a wide open pass that pretty much ends the game. I mean, you know, so, um, it wasn't a great comment. Let me be, let me be clear. I'm not, I'm, I want to be very clear on that one, but anyway,
0: um, fine. it was 10 years ago. Nobody gives a shit at this point. They're,
1: they're a little annoying and oh. that's an understatement. Yes.
0: Understatement for an understatement. <laughs> um, yes. Um, yeah. Which is funny. Like I'm like thinking about like how I want the Bengals to win, not because I have friends that are Bengals fans. But, like, mainly because, like, how satisfied it was to just, like, think about Aaron Rodgers just blowing it again. Like, to think about, like, right. Jackson Mahomes not getting to go to the fucking Super Bowl. Like, Joe Burrow doing the Lord's work of stopping <laughs> Jackson Mahomes from going to L.A. Maybe he just goes Maybe he goes to L.A. anyway and he just gets lost there. Let's tell Jackson Mahomes the Super Bowl is at the Rose Bowl and see if he goes.
1: That would be perfect. Yeah. Then we wouldn't
0: have to deal with him, to your point, <laughs> right?
1: Sorry, so I was taking a little like? sip of the
0: coffee. But anyway, yeah, fun. I think this is going to be a really good game. It's going to be really exciting. I'm still going to take the Bengal, or the the Chiefs here. Line seven and a half though, which I don't totally love. I think they're saying that. I, I don't see this being a low scoring game, which would be in favor of the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. actually, a low scoring game might be in more favor of the Chiefs. It means the Bengals might have fallen. I think it's more... faces.
1: Exactly. I th- I think a low scoring game is is better for the Chiefs. I, I love the Bengals to cover. I'm I think the Chiefs to win. I, I the Chiefs won my Super Bowl pick, and I'm sticking with them. Yeah. I thought them and the, I thought them and the and Brady were going to match up again, um, and I was going to make a decision at that time. But uh, with Brady out, yeah, I think the Chiefs are. I think they're making the Super Bowl. I mean, again, I, I think they're the they're, they're just they're a, a potential dynasty, even oh, and yeah. that and that's with and that's with. Um. The Bills and other ups, other rising teams in the conference. Like I still think they're that good, and I think it's Mahomes who's the difference maker. Right?
0: It totally is. I agree with you there. Let's jump back over. He
1: shut a. He shut a a lot of people up this year after that start.
0: Oh yeah, a thousand percent. Let's jump back over the NFC. You mentioned it, two potentially two straight home games for the Rams, which I don't. So it's funny that it's the second of the two championship games because that means that the final two games of the season at the same stadium. Because, uh, you know, and obviously because there was no, I guess it probably happened before of like the Super Bowl. has been in Dallas and the the Cowboys lost to the NFC championship or something like that. But it's just nuts to me to think of the final two games or at one stadium or a Bucks or a Dolphins or whomever. But it, it's kind right. of weird to think about that. We're just going to continue to see this weird canopy thing that's next to LAX <laughs> for so much. But looking at this game, you mentioned it or I mentioned it before actually 49ers won both regular season games Kyle Shanahan he's what he's won like 5 straight against Sean McVay it's something crazy like that Yeah yeah which you you mentioned it It's Super Bowl or bust for the Rams we saw what the 49ers offense did against a not so or a, a very not so good offense if play against a very good Green Bay defense what the Rams did and we didn't talk about this a ton in that Bucks game but you mentioned a number of their names. Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, who was... He was getting at, trying to get after Tom Brady a couple times. They sent him on a couple uh, corner blitzes. But what they were able to do to open it up for Aaron Donald, I feel like we heard his name so much in that Bucks game because of what they've been able to finally do of that defensive front, however many they're sending or just getting involved, whether it's seven, six, eight, But that front force just opening it up for Aaron Donald a little bit and chipping and they were moving him all over the line, which I thought was really cool to see of where Aaron Donald was lining up where it was, you know, on the left edge, the right edge, straight up and all this different stuff. It's really cool to see a guy of that caliber who for however many years now has been a top tier pass rusher in the NFL is now just finding different angles and shades of ways to attack and get after your guy, I think that's so cool, and maybe one of the more underrated parts of making all these different defensive trades, specifically the Von Miller one, to to open this up for a guy, so I'm you know gushing a little bit here, played defensive line and all that, so I'm very excited about it. Having said all that, ha- the health of Debo Samuel is first and foremost oh, the biggest deal. part of this 49ers yep. offense. Otherwise, it just comes down to George Kittle and like can he get it done? Does he run over somebody? And, you it, know, maybe Brandon... It IU would be nice to see team. George
1: Kittle... It would be nice to see George Kittle have a, have a, have a game. Because, uh,
0: honestly, this is not a shot. It's been a while. Um,
1: yeah,
0: statistically. I mean, we talked about it last week about... He's done a really good job opening the game the up for the so rushing game. Right. But it, through the air, he has not had a very statistically... A fantasy-charged game, and we'll put it that way.
1: Right. Right. Eli
0: Mitchell's had some really good games... Debo Samuel obviously has done a lot of incredible things, and he's definitely a part of that. Their offensive line has played really good football.
1: Let me reiterate a point that I think is particularly, again, particularly important. Debo, uh, Eliza Mitchell was a six-round pick. Yeah. Okay. Cam Akers was a second-round pick. Now, that's a high pick. Don't get me wrong. But still, not a first-round pick. Okay? All right? Clyde edwards is a first-round pick, but quite frankly, he's playing more like an undrafted rookie, he's not been particularly effective. They don't really need him. Now, Joe Mixon had some off-the-field issues, so he dropped in the draft as well. But again, you just don't need – you just don't need a first-round running back. It's just not a thing in my mind. Um, none of these four teams left. The most run-dependent team is definitely the 49ers, but that's also with Debo Samuel a lot, who's a running back. So – I just find I, I, you know, I find these offenses to be fascinating. Um, but I should say you know, there are some pretty good running backs left. You think of Mitchell. If you want to consider Debo a, a, a combo guy now at this point, I think he is right. Um, yeah. So Mixon's fantastic. I do think even with the fumbles, Cam Akers is still just a tremendously explosive talent. So we'll see if the Chiefs can figure anything out. But Mixon's and all Mixon's kind of that all that classic, you know three down back two. So um, a lot of good run backs left, but I just wanted to throw it out there.
0: No, I totally agree. And that's a really good point. And you know, it's, you know, it's
1: my soapbox. <laughs>
0: no, I love it. I know it absolutely is. And, you know, we're, we talked about the last week with the Cowboys of what are they going to do with everything there? You know, Tony Pollard's been just as effective as your number six pick, uh, or look at Leonard Fournette, a guy they, who and- wasn't worth it for the Jaguars and now has had to reinvent himself.
1: Right. Um, Correct. But Saquon Barkley. Anyway, I don't want to harp on very teams.
0: good example. Of that.
1: Guys, there yeah.
0: Uh, especially comparatively to who else was in that top 10, Josh Allen being one. Mm-hmm. You think Giants fans oh are looking at God. that and being like, what the hell? I know Broncos fans were uh, yeah. um,
1: what a what a mistake we made. <laughs> that,
0: right? I mean right. that whole look at that 2018 draft board and, and just see it. Um but yeah, I mean to look at it, at this thing, obviously the quarterback matchup, it I'd say it leans to Matt Stafford, but if Jimmy G just plays a conservative enough game where he's and, and again, this is like thinking that Debo Samuel is good to go. He's fully healthy. You know, it's not as right. big of a difference as you might think. The biggest difference obviously is Cooper cup and that he's just a number of steps ahead
1: in terms of what he's mm-hmm. able to do. Mm-hmm. The tight end, especially game. against a especially, especially against a team that we know, doesn't have great corners. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, I mean Cuff could have a field day. Beckham could have a field day. Van um, Jefferson could have a really good day. True. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a tall task for the 49ers be, but I really honestly again because they already have beaten this team twice and it's just so hard. It's just so hard. It's so to hard to beat a team to. three times in a season. That that is that isn't the Jets. <laughs> Again, the Jets don't really play teams three times. I was about to say, how the are they play the playing playoffs, a team so. a third time? Um, yeah. To take shots at the Jets, right there we go.
0: <laughs> Although I think to that point, I think the Patriots had beaten the Jets twice, and that's the Bart Scott can't wait game. They end up beating the Patriots. That's true. So I'm like almost positive right. that's how it happened in 2010. Uh, and the Jets pulled it off. So to that point of like, it's very hard to win three different times. And you think that's the narrative and everything there. It's kind of crazy though, that the underdog is the team that's won twice. That's what makes this thing so nuts. Oh, I know. Right. But that 49ers defense is really good. You're just right. Their secondary is suspect at best, specifically mm-hmm. their corners. And it's hard to think like if you like talk all of this stuff and you're wondering why it's a smaller spread, than. In that game, it's because it's a divisional game. Divisional games are always so close. I feel like this game, and this is going to be kind of a crazy take, this could be a higher scoring game than the Chiefs-Bengals game. I think that game could hit there over, be like around 60 points. This could be like a 65-point game. This sounds nuts, and it does not bode well for the 49ers if they do. Because it probably means the Rams are like blowing the top off there. But... right. The Rams have injury – or not injury problems. They have turnover problems, and the
1: 49ers oblige. When you turn over, you're not and taking the 40, football well. Right, and the 49ers have an elite pass rush. That yep. That's – as we've seen with a guy like Tom Brady, that's a huge difference maker, right? Even last year in the Super Bowl, they were – the um, the Chiefs were getting home uh, – the, the Bucks were getting home, and it was causing problems for 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 Mahomes. So, yep. great pass rush led by Nick Bosa, plus Arms said. You know, I, I do think – these te- the only thing I'll say to counter your point, these teams pl- have already played. These teams know each other. the divisional opponents. They play at least twice a year. So they come into this game with intimate knowledge of how their offenses work. This is not the first time, you know, they've, they've been out in the field together. I, I think that matters. That's a good um, point. And so I think that's why you could see it a little lower scoring because these guys know what each other bring to the table. And sometimes that's, that's a big deal.
0: Which if it does, that bodes very well for the 49ers. I'm just trying to like figure oh, yes. out and talk my way into thinking that there's a possibility that the, <laughs> the, 49ers win. the 49ers win or that if it is high scoring, the 49ers stay into this. Cause I want this to be a really good game. I like this 49ers yeah. team a lot. We talked about it, the, the team win and just how great they played both defensively and in special teams. It's just fun to see where this is such a quarterback driven league at this point of seeing teams mm-hmm. that are able to do that. And not that Jimmy G doesn't move the needle. I mean, there's, all different stories of him with fucking porn. I think stars, he's getting a little stuff.
1: dis. I I think he's get- <laughs> I think he's getting a little disrespected right now. I what I mean so, by too. that is, yeah. yeah, He's still a good player, you know. Um, I mean, he had 3800 uh, yards, or maybe that, is that right, too, a good. To,
0: is that regular season or is that counting the playoffs?
1: Uh, I think that's regular. So he got hurt. It can't be. It's got to yeah, be, be included. the playoffs again. Yeah. It, Yes, he struggled against the Packers. A lot of good quarterbacks struggled against the Packers. They're a really good defense. I would argue they're better than the Rams. Um, they're deeper. They've got a way better secondary, even without Jair Alexander. So, um, you know, and, and we'll see. And they're not playing that far from home either. This is not a a well to your point long travel. About is it
0: really a home game? And the L.A. Rams, you know, in L.A. This could be a 49ers home game here.
1: Right. It could be flooding could be. the stadium. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. who the hell knows what's going to happen with that aspect to it. I mean, San Francisco's, what, like a two-hour flight? I've never flown from LA to San Francisco. I've been to both cities. They're both lovely. Yeah. But I think it's like a two-hour yeah. flight. I think it's the same as like, I think Philly to Chicago is, or or no, I think it's longer than Philly to Chicago. Never mind. No, I, I don't know geography that well. It's a math major.
1: You think I, I don't know if you think San Francisco is farther away from L.A. than Chicago is from Philly? I th- Maybe it's not that long of a flight. No. Maybe it's only like an hour. It's not that long. Yeah, it's not that long. No, no. It's up the coast. Don't get me wrong. But it's not that long. I promise.
0: Yeah, I feel like L.A. is like or I feel like California is a longer state than we think it is. Um, it is a big
1: state, but i yeah. there's no
0: way that's like is it's more than, than, than half. The, this is probably the greatest radio we've ever done, but it's more than half the size of the West Coast. <laughs> It has to be correct. right.
1: You're correct. It's a oh, it's a huge. I guess the state. East Coast is bigger. Cause we have Florida.
0: We have Florida and Maine that like create almost like feet that's right. at the end. We, of the East yes, Coast. yes, let's
1: yeah be excited about you're getting excited about Florida. That's making me a little nervous. No one should get excited. Anyone? Anyway.
0: Hey, it's I January, and I haven't, played, yeah. I haven't played. I haven't played an outdoor round of golf since November. That's, so it's, I can be. I was about, about to, to say Florida.
1: that's. I was about to say that. That was actually a good point. I was about to make. Okay.
0: Uh, and I'm going to <laughs> and I'm not playing when I go to Arizona in two weeks, but I'm going to the waste management. So I like, Oof. I'm going to have the real itch to play some golf coming up here. You are, you I'm are excited to go back to the way are experiences from a couple years ago. We're going to have to come up with some sort you're... of like oral history of that day.
1: Well, you're set up for success now. You've already been, you I already what's know
0: that we're going Friday <laughs> though. We're not going Saturday. So like, I don't think we're not trying to get on 16. Cause we, we have older people with us. Like our, our buddy's dad, it's his bachelor party. His sure. dad is coming. So like, like our 12th. one friend was never 12th. running. This guy kn- we know is not going to run. Instead of the the one kid telling us, those that the we're kind of talking about inside jokes here. We went to the waste management for our friend's bachelor party, and we talked about how we had to sprint from the entrance, and you have to sprint on the 18th hole, the 17th hole to get to 16. And then the one kid, as we started running, being like, "All right, guys, I'm done running." And we're like, half of us started waiting in line, and we knew the other half weren't getting in. But it ended up getting nuts. This time we know we're not gonna wake up early and try to wait in line and do all that stuff. So subscribe <laughs> to the Thunderblog on Instagram. Follow the Thunderblog on Instagram. The, you can see our adventures the there 12. again.
1: Go to the twelve.
0: Yeah, twelve is great. The other part three. Uh I mm-hmm. want to walk the front nine a little bit. I've only played it in two K and no free ads for two K. You should. Um and seen it on TV <laughs> you should. And, and the virtual golf. But you know, the front nine's cool. It's a cool layout. No, it is. Oh yeah.
1: No, you gotta go. I think you gotta go. I agree.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun, though. I'm excited. Um, Matt, the other thing, before we wrap this thing up, do you have any any hard or any strong feelings one way or the other way about Barry Bonds and
1: Roger Clemens? I mean, I'm i all over the map when it comes to steroids and, fo- and baseball, and football, too. Um, part of me says create a second ballot that essentially is the steroid era ballot, but I don't want to disrespect those who did not take steroids that had success, too, so that's kind of a, a tough one. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I would argue that Barry Bonds was so good, like, even with steroids. It's uh, Part of me says it's tough not not to include him. Roger Clemens, most Cy Young of all time, right? Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, I hate to say it, right? They technically cheated. Um, and baseball's never been kind to anybody who quote-unquote cheats, a.k.a. Pete Rose, the all-time hit leader, is not in the Hall of Fame. So I'm not surprised. You know, the, the people that vote are a little bit older, too, just to be honest. And, and, and they're not – and they don't have any respect for that era I, 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 for good reason, right? I mean, again, these were guys that were clearly breaking the rules of the sport, in my mind, at least. The unwritten rules, whether it was in stone or not. Um, so – and I think the other thing too is, uh, again, these are guys that just, they refuse to admit that they were on steroids, right? Yeah. If you come at Andy Pettit's my favorite example, right? Up, oh, Yep. You know what? I did steroids. I'm sorry. Okay, great. Welcome back. Right. Yep. If you admit to your mistakes, we're much more forgiving. It's when you continue to lie clearly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's where teams are like, you know what? Honestly, voters are like, you know what, at the end of the day, if you would just come out and say, yeah, you know what? I, I did steroids. It was, it was wrong at the time. Um, you know, I think they would get more, they'd have a better opportunity to be, to still be playing. No, so, I, I'm sorry, i still be in the Hall of Fame. Excuse me. I, I like that
0: take back. a lot, That and that's probably the one I've seen out of a lot of people, is like, they're both dicks. Both about, like, obviously never taking ownership of what they did, but like, also just off the field, they're kind of huge douchebags about it. Obviously, like, a guy who, I, I don't know if he ever was really proven to do performance dancing drugs, but like, a Kurt Schilling, who obviously has done a lot of other things, but a huge dick because of all the other right. things. And that's the reason why he's gotten gotten dinged a ton. And, you know, it, it's just wild of thinking about that. But at the same time, you made a really good point of Barry Bonds without steroids. It's like if you look at, and I say this with the utmost respect, because today's the anniversary of his death, Kobe, who had both 8 and 24 retired, you could probably put both Kobe wearing number 8, and Kobe, number 24, into the Hall of Fame. Both had were very good I, and very different careers. Same thing with Jordan pre and post whatever point you want to, whether it's pre and post first championship, pre and post retirement, the first one, or whatever, and all that different stuff. Although, I guess the three years from 95 to 98. You, never mind. That's a different conference for another day. Or Gretzky with the Oilers <laughs> versus Gretzky not with the Oilers. Like, you can do all that kind of stuff. Bonds without steroids and bonds with steroids. Two very different players. Two statistically hall of fame type careers it, so it's like I'm in the same point as you I go back and forth on it of like it's kind of nuts cuz like even dudes like like Shoeless Joe Jackson with his batting average or Eddie Secott guys that were a part of the 1919 Black Sox scandal like their statistics are in the hall of fame and I and I believe Barry Bonds is, is as well I don't think they like put an asterisk or taking it out I haven't been to the hall of fame in like 15 years but um I believe the names are there. They're just not enshrined that way. So they're like, technically you'll see their names in that part of history. It's just so crazy of like that part of it. And then you mentioned it of the the guys who vote, the BBWAA of like them taking themselves so serious and all that different stuff that goes on there. And it just becomes this like huge drama point. And it all ends up getting the lead buried of like David Ortiz gets in on his first, ballot right and a guy who just an incredible career and you know a guy who we talked about reinventing yourself a guy who like they wanted him to bunt minnesota and then he ends up signing with the red sox becomes one of the most clutch hitters ever one of the coolest stories of the O4 red sox the this our fucking city in 2013 with the boston bombings then they win the world series so like it kind of overshadows that too and which kind of sucks, although David Ortiz, like, the happiest guy in the world. And he said he thinks he should be change, Hall change, all that. Changed.
1: Like, the, 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 is he the first, like, primary DH ever in the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, I believe so. It's like this idea of, look, there should be a Did punter. You, I don't think Jim Tomey's eligible yet. Yeah, so I think so. so same with, with, with the NFL. There should be a punter in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If he is the Devin Hester, in my opinion, should be in the Hall of Fame. If you oh, are I the totally best agree. to ever do it at the position you do it at, you should be in. Yeah. Um, assuming you're not cheating, by the way. I'm yeah. to be clear on yeah, that. That's fair. So it's fair. I I think the attitude matters though. Again, I think I think if both these guys had come out, Clemens and Bonds, and said, Hey, I'm sorry, you know, I, I did use performance enhancing enhancing drugs. Um, I'm still a great player. I still think I should, you know, be in the Hall of Fame. I think a couple of voters might have said, okay, you know what? You're right. Yeah, you're in. But he decided that wasn't what he wanted to do. Yeah, and that's totally. – uh, and that cost him obviously as we can tell because he's yeah. no longer eligible. I guess technically many moons from now. Can he be eligible as a – what's the, um Yeah, there's like the – They have that? What's, uh, what's like the
0: old-timer vote called? Oh, I think they can get on it this fall. Like if they petition – Okay. somebody petitions them. Yeah. There was something – I read something about it. I forget how it totally works because they also change it and they create other – like, cause you're right. Like you said before of like, they could create a steroid era ballot. Like the, the hall of fame, like it's the museum decides like, Oh, we're going to have, you know, this and do a mass induction of whatever the fuck they want to do on. Like that's how they have the whole Negro right. league, you know, all the people that were inducted there, of the Negro league players and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad we got to talk about this. I wanted to end the show on a different note. You know, so, you know, send the people on their way that way. We haven't done a baseball show in a while. So figured want to do that. So I appreciate you entertaining me with the thoughts, Matt.
1: Of course. Of course. And I'll say this again. Um, I love that. It's the hall of fame in baseball, not the hall of of very good. There's not a requirement that they have four or five guys in every year. Sometimes I don't love that. The NFL just seems to let, you know, people in to let people in. Um, I think it's really important. And so I'm happy that that's the way they handle it. Um, it's tough. These guys have put a long time, regardless of the steroids or not, these guys put a lot of years in a lot of hard work in. So it's tough in that respect. But again, at the end of the day, you know, they, they made their bed they got to sleep in it. Yep, and totally. so kind of, kind of how I feel.
0: Yep. Totally. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode. Everybody. Thank you for listening. If you have different takes on the hall of fame stuff, the football stuff, let us know, tweet at us. Thunder BLG is the handle there. Thunderblog sports on Instagram. Again, you can follow all the crazy antics we're up to we the waste management in a couple weeks, all that good stuff. Um, the bullpen card, subscribe to it on on wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. One last slate before the Super Bowl. And Yes, sir. Do we want to say Fly Eagles Fly? Do we want to say Think How We Think? What's the send-off, Matt?
1: Right, let's go Fly Eagles Fly. I'm okay with that. All right, fly, eagles, fly!